Welcome to another episode of You Don't Need a Do-Over, You Need an Action Plan. I'm your host, Jermaine Donaldson, and today we'll be talking about attitude with our special guest, James Officer III. James has more than 20 years' experience in coaching others to maximize their opportunities. He built a successful career in financial services and proprietary education. But in 2014, he founded Dashmasters, a professional development company. He is the father of four children and the husband of one wife. His priorities are God, family, and making a difference. He's also a respected mentor of mine, and I, man, I've learned so much just from being around him and his perspective on life, and I want to welcome him to the show. Thanks for joining the show today, James. How are you? Jermaine, my life is amazing, man, and thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you for counting me among your mentors. Well, you're very welcome. I've, I've learned a ton from you, and I'm hoping that we can suck some of that out of you for our podcast listeners so they'll be able to get some of that wisdom uh, during this session because when I think of attitude and I think of having a positive disposition, man, it's, a, it's only a handful of people that come up to me in my life because most people react out of their emotions. They don't really think it through and make a conscious decision where they realize they're not giving up their power on their attitude. So I start wow. every session or every podcast with a quote, and this one is one that as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, my God, I love it. And everybody knows it, but we don't always think through it. It's by Maya Angelou, and it says, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. What does this quote mean to you, and how do you believe your attitude has impacted your life? Well, well first of all, uh, I just love uh, Dr. Angelou, rest her spirit, and all the great words and ideas that she left for us to to nourish our souls with. But the, to this to this specific quote, uh, I, I really love the the first part that says, "If you don't like it, right?" So you've identified some circumstance, some uh, ideology, some uh, corner you found yourself in, some pigeonhole, whether it be in your career, uh, relationship, whatever. You don't like it and you have the power to change it, right, then do that. Go about the research that's required, setting up the resources that are necessary, and change it. But then there are those things that is implied here that perhaps you can't change. There are those things you simply have no control over it. And so what, what, what Dr. Angelou says here is if you can't change it, change your attitude. Profound to me, because here's what I really believe, that if you change your attitude, you actually do change that thing. In other words, there's nothing that happens in your life that you can't change, either physically changing it through your ability and the powers that you have or changing the impact that it has on you by changing your attitude. So, for example, one of the things that, that I can't change in my surroundings, is, this is a very menial example, but it, it, it works for the, for, for the conversation. I can't change traffic. Traffic is what it is, it, it, and it can be very frustrating to be bumper to bumper, uh, to be in a scenario where people are dodging and weaving and near misses and, and all kinds of things, everyone drives differently. So I can't control traffic. So what can I control? I control when I put myself in traffic. So I decide to leave before rush hour in the morning or leave after, or in the evening I decide to leave, set my travel time around rush hour. I can't change traffic but I can change the impact the traffic has on me, thereby protecting my attitude and keeping a positive attitude and not allowing that thing that I can't control uh, to, to change me. So, again, very profound um, 
thought, and it's something that I've practiced. In fact, I have on the whiteboard in front of me this notion of things that are con- of my concern and things that are in my control. And the things that I can't con- the things that I can control my emotions, my words, my habits, my diet, my associations, my thoughts. The things I can control, I do that, and by doing that. I don't get rid of the things I can't control, but I mitigate the impact that they have on me. So I just thought that's a great quote and uh, certainly indicative of the way I live my life on a daily basis. Wow. That's good. That's good. So that leads perfectly into my next question for you, which is this. In your opinion, since you shared how you were able to structure your day, do you think people choose the outcomes of their lives? Or is their life a predetermined series of random occurrences that take them to a prescribed destination? Are we just going through whatever life throws at us, or do we have some power in it? What's your thoughts, James? (laughs) So, Jermaine, my gut answer to that is yes. (laughs) Here's what I mean by that. (laughs) That it it is absolutely what you say it is. If you believe that your life is a random set of circumstances and you just end up where you end up, then congratulations, right? You win, and your life is exactly that. And, but if you believe that you have the ability to control your outcomes by your thoughts, by your emotions, then that's exactly what your life will look like. Here's what I know for sure, and I probably say this at least once or twice a week, either to myself or to someone else that your life, my life, our lives are moving in some direction, period. There's no such thing as uh, static or uh, I'm just maintaining. No, that is a ridiculous notion. You are moving forward or you're moving backward. So the point is your life is moving somewhere. You've got two opportunities. You can choose where that goes or you can settle for where it ends up. But what you don't have the ability to do is to not engage. You're going to engage either as a victim, a drifter, or you're going to engage as a victor and an author of your outcomes. It's interesting that, um, and I don't remember, I can't even think of who to credit with this quote, but I will tell you it isn't mine. And it is simply this, that you, whether you argue for your limitations or argue for your power and prowess, you win. Whichever one you argue for, you win. So if you argue that you're limited by your upbringing, by your race, by your community, by whatever things you've experienced, I mean, even abuse, things you couldn't control, if you argue that you're limited by that, then you will absolutely be limited by that. If you argue that you are uh, bigger than, than those things that have occurred to you, that you are more than your circumstances, that you are more than your upbringing, that you are more than whatever you've experienced, then that argument will prevail. So when I think about that whole notion of life being just some, uh, um, you know, roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the stream, uh, merrily, 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 like this, but when I think about that, <laughs> I struggle. I struggle with that because uh, you can float or you can literally be engaged with rowing that boat. And I argue that if you decide to take the paddles and decide to control the direction of your boat, you will go where you flow. Energy goes where our focus 
excuse me, uh, um, our focus goes where our energy flows. And so if we <clears> decide to, if we, if we decide to channel our energy toward those outcomes we want in our lives, those outcomes cannot resist us. Wow. Wow. I, I love that. And I think that's a, a Richard Box quote. I, I've heard it before, but, yeah, those limitations, I tell you, they will get the best of you if you're not careful and you don't even realize that you're creating them with your thoughts, with your words, with your actions. You're building the own cell that you live in just by the decisions that you make and the words that you speak of your life. So I know in my own personal life that's something I've struggled with and over time begin to take some of my power back, but it didn't happen overnight. So with that, that being said, what was the process you took that helped you regain control of your thoughts and your words? And I mean, it's not easy. Most people have a long history of speaking the wrong words and thinking the wrong thoughts. So what does that process look like for you, Jane? Man, I, that's uh... – that is the question, Jermaine. It really is. And, uh, not the first time that it's been posed to me. And so I, while, while I will respond pretty quickly this time, know that the first time that question was asked of me, it, I was stumped by it because I had to really think about it. Like I didn't know what the process was. I, don't, I, I couldn't tell someone, well, yeah, on January fifteenth, two 2010, I had this experience, and I began on this path of changing my thoughts and my words. I, I couldn't do that. And then it dawned on me. It dawned on me. I don't remember when I took my first bath or shower. I don't. I don't remember the first time that I brushed my teeth. And I don't remember the first meal I ate. I just can't tell you for the life of me when those things occurred. But I know that since then I've done those things daily <laughs> throughout my life. And so the word process then really resonates here because it is just like that. If I were to ask you or anyone, um, did you shower today, you would think, what an absurd question. You know, of course I did. Who, who doesn't, right? Did you brush your teeth today? Of course I did, James. Where are you going with this line of questioning? Well, where I'm going with that line of questioning is this, that if you don't treat paying attention to being conscious of the words you're saying and the thoughts you're thinking, if you don't add that to, if that doesn't become as habitual as bathing, as habitual as eating, then it never becomes something that's rooted and grounded in your spirit man. And that it has to be a daily, multiple times per day activity. So practically, that could look like affirmation. Many of the individuals who listen to this podcast, they do that. They have affirmations um, where they declare a certain number of things throughout the, through, uh, about themselves. I love the affirmations that begin with I am, because I'm convinced whatever follows I am follows you. I love also those affirmations that say, uh, and then also that I am talks about being, right, not just doing, uh, but being. And then those affirmations that start with I have. Right? So we talk about being and having those affirmations. Uh, another way that we maintain our thoughts and our words is what we listen to, right? what we allow into our ear gate. So listening to positive things like this podcast, uh, uh, listening to positive things on YouTube, uh, what we see, our eye gate, reading positive things. But it has to be a daily 
discipline. It's been said that practice makes perfect, and I, I've argued with that for years. What, what I know, and you know this too, Jermaine, in your career, that practice makes permanent. Right? So mm -hmm. if, you practice, if you practice the wrong things, you become permanently bad at it. Right. <laughs> so we know that practice makes permanent. If you if you are striving for perfection, and I believe your listeners are, they wouldn't be taking the time to listen to, to, to this podcast. If they're striving for perfection, then they want to practice perfectly. Not just practice, but practice perfectly. And perfect practice looks like feeding your ears, your eyes, your mind, your brain, your spirit with those seeds that are going to bring about the fruit that you desire. Spot on, spot on. And I, I, if you're listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because that is so true that it has to be daily. It has to be something that you make habitual. And it, it leads me again right into the next question that I have. When you think about that and making those habits, you're trying to start the process of making the habits. Circumstances don't go away. You still could wake up and all of a sudden your car don't start or you, you, you go downstairs and your kitchen sink is leaking and there's a flood on the floor and you just spent your last of your last and now you're sitting there like, oh, my God, i got to get somebody out here to fix this sink. So how does someone get to a point where they live above their circumstances? Because circumstances, no matter how positive people try to be, a lot of times that's what knocks them down. That's what gets them off the horse. That's what stops them from running that good race. That's what besets them is the circumstances that they face every day. So what advice would you give to someone that's saying, hey, I want to be more positive. Hey, I tried the affirmation things again, but life kept hitting me, and eventually life won. What, what words would you have for them, Jay? And, and you, well, such a, again, such a profound question because there is no path, and we, you asked an earlier question about do we choose or is it a random act of, uh, uh, random acts that lead us to our destination. And, the, and then my first answer to that was yes, right? Whichever one you choose is that's absolutely true. Now, tying that to this question, whichever one you choose, there will be obstacles. Uh, there is no way to get around that. There will be obstacles. But in, a way to manage that is to be clear about where you're going. Um, when you have a clear picture of where you're going, you can more effectively manage the obstacles that come to you because, again, they are unavoidable. You can just count on it. You may not know when. You can't set your clock by it. You may not know when, but there are going to be obstacles and challenges. Uh, a quick story that, that relates to this uh, in my mind, and I hope it relates to, to, to you and to your listeners. Uh, I was uh, going up into a little town in Michigan, Ionia, Michigan. I'll never forget this. I was going to be doing some training for a small egg processing company up there. And uh, in, from Indianapolis to it, north, west, excuse me, uh, western Michigan is uh, this interstate highway 69. And I mean, it's one of those highways you can drive 70 miles an hour, 70 plus. But then there was an exit that I got to in western Michigan where I was getting off this exit to go to Ionia, Michigan. And I was going to be on these country roads for 45 miles. So I'm flying for about the first 130 miles. Mm -hmm. and then this last 45 miles, I'm going to be creeping along. Well, not a problem. You know, I've been on country roads before, rural highways before. So I'm going along. And at one point, about 10 miles into this 45 miles, I come up behind a, a, 
a, a huge farm machine. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was looked like a spreader, but it probably mm-hmm. was the proper word for it. And anyway, this thing took up a lane and a half, so I couldn't get around it. So I literally had to <laughs> crawl behind this guy for, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half. It felt like forever. But finally turned off into the field, and I was able to get by him. I don't know, a few more miles. I wasn't counting the miles, but just a little while further ahead, I see this pothole. When I say pothole, this thing could swallow a car. Mm. Right? So, so huge. that. But I saw it. I was able to swerve. No problem. I was able to get on my way. Um, so I'm, keep, I'm, I'm going a little further, and all of a sudden, Jermaine, I drive into a fog on these country roads that is literally so dense that I, I, I can't see 10 feet in front of me. Mm. So I have to slow to a crawl. Not only the fact that I can't see, but then I also have the images in my head of large farm machines and potholes that can swallow my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the thought and images in my head of all of these hazards that can hurt me, that can bring harm to me, in addition to the fact that now I can't see. But all along, Jermaine, with me in the car, because I was alone, but with me in the car, there was a voice. And that voice was saying, continue 1.2 miles. Turn right at County Road 400. Now, that voice was, as you know, my GPS. Mm-hmm. But that voice only accompanied me because I had set the coordinates before I left my home. Had I not determined where I was going before I left, when I hit that calamity, I would not have had clear direction. I would have succumbed to the circumstances because I didn't have a clear destination. But because I knew where I was going and I had predetermined that before I left, when those hazards beset me, I was able to stay on course because I knew where I was going. <clears throat> Worrying about controlling the circumstances is an exercise in futility. What we want to be able to control is our emotion through the circumstances. And we do that by having a clear destination that is predetermined and preset. Here is my goal. Here is where I'm going. Come hell or high water, here is <clears throat> what I will accomplish. And when hell and high water comes, <laughs> You can refer to that voice or that goal that you set. You can refer to the image in your mind of why you're doing what you're doing. Therefore, the busted pipe, the flat tire, all those things <laughs> are just, <laughs> just things that are happening. But because I know where I'm going, I will be able to recover quickly and maintain my positive attitude because, of one, again, I, th- there's nothing I can do to control this. There's nothing I can do to make this uh, uh, to, for this have not to happen. I didn't cause it to happen. What I did cause to happen, however, was setting coordinates for where I'm going. And where I'm going is uh, important enough to me, uh, impactful enough to me, that if I can, can keep that image in my head of where I'm going, if I can keep those words processing through my spirit about why I'm going there, what that means to me, that will be enough not to make it go away, but to help mitigate the impact of circumstances you can't control. Now, if you haven't listened to anything that James has said today, please put a pen in that. You might need to rewind it and listen to that again. That is what you need. If you're laying out your strategy, you're doing praxis, you're looking back over 2018 and you're peering into 2019 and setting goals for the New Year's, I hope 
that your goal setting is part of that process is coming up with goals that you're so passionate about, so driven about, and you have so many underlying reasons of why you want it that nothing comes up that can stop you from going after it. Thanks for that, James. I'm, I know that that just uh, encouraged and inspired me, and I'm sure that there are listeners that will be encouraged and inspired by that. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And thank you for giving us the detail, too, of your trip to Michigan, West Michigan. I've been there a few times, but I know a little bit about those potholes and those country roads. So uh, way too much Real story, me. man. Real, yeah, that's, real story. That's probably why I'm in Georgia now. So. <laughs> but uh, this is my favorite part of the show. I always get here, and I love this question because it always gets me answers that I never expected. And, James, I'm going to pose this question to you. If you could go back. Remember the name of the show is You Don't Need a Do-Over, but if you could go back and you could meet yourself before the wife, before the kids, before the corporate career, before the book and the TEDx events, what advice would you give a young James on how to handle his emotions in personal and professional settings? What would you tell that James, and how do you think that James would receive it? Hmm. I'll take the first to the like uh, on Jeopardy. Uh, Jermaine, I'll take the last part of that question first. <laughs> <laughs> he would not listen. <laughs> now let, let me let me frame let me frame that. Uh, I get that question a lot, man. You know, I've been uh, now uh, May of 2019 will be 27 years that I've been married to my lovely wife Patricia, and uh, and if you count the time we dated, 29 years. So literally, I've been married more than half of my adult life. Mm. You know, and uh, basically my whole adult life, so more than half my life, is where I should have said that, more than half my life I've been married. And um, so I get that question a lot, like, wow, you this great relationship and blah, blah, blah. And, well, you know, well, now that your children are adults and, you know, my, my baby is 17 now. He'll be graduating in May. Now that mm-hmm. you're a, what would you do differently you know, if you could go back and do it again. And my answer is always this, but I'm going to add a, another piece for, for this conversation. My answer is always I wouldn't do anything differently because I did the very best I knew how then with the information I had. Mm-hmm. So, so as a young father, husband, person, uh, I, uh, or even before that, I, didn't, I, I, I grew up where I grew up. I came from a single-parent home. I grew up in the hood, so to speak. I, 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 with the information I had, I made the very best decisions I could. So if I went back there with what I know now, I would make absolutely different decisions. But if I were there, right, but if I were there with the information I had, I would do the same exact things over and over again. Now, let me add to that because this is what just came to me recently, that after saying all of that, it'll sound like I'll contradict myself now. If I could change one thing, Jermaine, it would be that I would be present for all of it. Mm-hmm. That I would be present. Um, because as a young man, I was so bitter about the past and who shot John and who did what and who didn't do what and who didn't support and who hurt. And I was so preoccupied with where am I going and who am I going to be, and what is it going to look like, and how do I do this. And I was so preoccupied with both my past and my future that I missed all of the lessons in my present 
which is probably why I had to go in circles so many times, because I wasn't present. Presence is an absolute gift. Isn't that amazing? In, in the root of the word presence is present. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself. But it, it is an absolute gift, present, mm-hmm. to be present in right now. I mean, whatever it is, whatever you feel, whatever you're thinking, whatever circumstance, to go back to the previous question, it is an incredible gift to be present. So I would say to 18-year-old James, 20-year-old James, man, be in the moment. I know it's difficult. I know you're still mad about this over here, and I know you're anxious about that, but there's some things right now, right here in this moment, that can help you navigate the next step and the next step and the next step. And so that is absolutely, uh, even though I wouldn't change any decisions because I couldn't, uh, I had the information I had, I would be there for all of it. That's good. That's good. I I love it. Wow. Well, man, you, you made this look way too easy, James. You just blitzed right through these questions. But I will say this. I know you're always working on something. I know you always have some some great uh, projects that you have your hand in. So you do, do you have anything that you're working on right now that you want our audience to check out? I know love for you to share a little bit about your book, uh, anything you have working on that you want our audience to hear about and be aware of. Well, well first of all, thank you for endorsing the first book, Keep Calm and, and Glow Rich. I appreciate you, you know, being a part of the promotional video. And uh, that, that, that's all just been amazing. It's opened so many doors of, of opportunity for me. So thank you for the role you played in that and in initially marketing, uh, helping me market the books. I would be remiss not to mention that. Uh, I'll, I'll add to that, Jermaine, that um, book two is written. We're some, still some steps away from publishing, but um, book two is written, and it's along the same theme of Grow Rich, but this book is Forgive and Grow Rich. Mm. And it kind of goes back to your very first question about what the things you can't change, right? And so, um, not uh, you know, I won't go too deep into it because, I, you know, I could go on and on at this point, but uh, it, it is this element of um, instead of, you know, not being consumed with changing everything else around you, but changing you so that you can impact your life and impact your level of abundance, Um, Mm. not just obviously financially but in every area. But we hold so many people hostage in so many circumstances that we hold them hostage when they've gone on and people are living their lives, institutions are moving ahead, and our inability to release that only imprisons us. Mm. Uh, So I've, I've written about that and hopefully um, that book will be a blessing to people as we get it out. Gotcha. What, what's that timeline look like, James, and where will people be able to find it when, it's, when it is released? Yeah, thank you for asking. So this, uh, we're going to do a little differently with this. This book is going to be uh, uh, audible. It's going to be on Audible uh, as well as uh, Amazon. And so uh, the goal is a, uh, a March 15 is the date uh, of the release, and there will be some small things leading up to that, but looking for a March 15 release. And, again, that will be available at Amazon. Uh, it will be available on Audible, and it will be available in my trunk. 
Well, if you listen, hey, man. If you like, yeah, you like this conversation with James. I definitely want you to go out and, and check out. Keep your ears open because March will be here before you know it. And, and keep your eyes open, looking for the new book. But if you haven't heard of or haven't read Keep Calm and Grow Rich, that's available right now. You can check that out on Amazon. You can order it on Amazon Prime and probably have it there before the week is out. But it's a great book. I've read it. It's a guide to choosing your destiny. And even some of the questions we asked today, he tackles in greater detail, as well as a wealth of other knowledge is available there. So definitely check that out. Look for new things coming from James. And I can't wait to get the feedback. Definitely comment, share your thoughts if you're listening to this. And we'll be able to uh, keep another episode coming. So thanks for tuning in to You Don't Need a Do-Over. You need an action plan.